0: Good morning. How many of you have been enjoying God's favor this summer? Uh, Absolutely. We've been hearing a great word about God's favor this summer. And I just could not get away from that theme of of God's uh, favor. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 2. We're going to look at three verses here in the book of Proverbs. And... uh, Today I want to look at this word and, and really allow it to sink down into the soil of our hearts as we continue to, to consider and to look at God's favor in our lives. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse number 2 says that a good man obtains favor from the Lord. How many good men do we have here today? Well, there got to be more than that. How many good men do we have here today? Yes, a good man. Finds favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. Proverbs 18 and verse number 22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor. Say it with me. Favor from the Lord. Proverbs nineteen fourteen declares... Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. I like what Eugene Peterson said as he said it this way, a congenial spouse comes straight from God. I like that. I looked up that word from Brother Webster on congenial, and, and this is what he said. Congenial having the same tastes the same habits the same temperament having a friendly disposition as being sociable and then i like this agreeably suited to one's needs and or nature i call this marital chemistry say chemistry. chemistry i see a lot of marriages but i don't always see chemistry let me show you god's favor factor in my life do you have that picture can you shoot that picture up there for me this is god's favor now to me she will always look 18 now i have changed show the next picture that's when i had hair <laughs> But this is God's favor. This month, where you at, honey? She's high. Come on, come on down here. This month, we're... I know I'm going to get in trouble, but that's okay. Been there before. This year, we're, this month, we're celebrating 42 years. And I have a hundred sweetheart roses to represent the hundreds of memories oh, I so. that we have had in God's favor and the hundreds of more memories that we will make together. now I'm in trouble (laughs) the title today is the act of marriage if you have a little worksheet write that down you see friends God defines what marriage is not man's vain imaginations this world is trying to define what marriage is But God has already defined through his word what marriage is. Why are so many marriages in these last days missing God's favor? And why are so many marriages, even in the church, suffering crises? These are challenging questions that must be addressed as our world is looking for a witness of God's favor. Father, today we look to your word. And Lord, we are a people that are desirous of your favor. Lord, we realize that we only have to look to your word to see the secrets of divine favor. And Lord, this table today represents that we only have to look to Christ to see the answers for crises. Help us today, Lord, to reflect upon your favor and walk therein, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone would say, amen. Amen. I got up early this morning and got my cup of joy. I was preparing myself to write my blog on honoring God. And I noticed that I had a message from a, a young individual uh, who just recently had gotten married. And he sent me this private message asking me, Pastor, how can you help me to be a better man of the word? I want to, I want to be able to, to be a, a man that leads his wife in the things of God. I thought that was a pretty good request. And so I sent him a quick answer, and I'm looking forward to getting together with him and and, and talk to him about this main point, this first point here, write down the foundation, the foundation of marriage. You see, friends, the foundation of marriage must be the word of God and the words of Christ. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7 and verse 24, Jesus said this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken unto a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, because it was founded upon the rock. Verse 26 But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, I will liken as unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. If you're wanting to have God's favor upon your marriage, You must, point A here, have your life built upon the rock of ages. And his name is Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. I love the old song. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let your marriage be found to be in Christ I guarantee if your marriage is built upon the rock of ages, there is nothing, there is no weapon formed against you that can prosper and no success. Because you are built upon that which is unmovable, the Lord Jesus Christ. The question is this, are you building your home upon the sand? Or are you building your future upon the rock of ages? You see, your marital foundation will determine your marital destiny and what true success is in life. Point B, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of your marriage. Jesus must be Lord of all or he's not at all. Your personal relationship with Jesus Christ as a husband and as a wife is critical. Your relationship together with the Lord will be a signet of truth in your life. I love it when I see couples who come and they worship together. I love it when I see couples as they're involved in ministry together. This speaks volumes to me of couples who have experienced and known God's favor upon their marriage. You see within these lifestyles, the stewardship issues of the three T's, the time, the treasures, and the talents, as they're being good managers of those blessings that God has placed upon their lives. This joint commitment to Jesus Christ, I see when I see couples praying together, when I see couples rejoicing together in the presence of the Lord, As I see people ministering to people together as couples, to me that's a signpost of God's favor. See, friends, point C, Christ is the bedrock of marriage. Because in your marriage, there will be storms. There will be hardships. There will be challenges. And there will be things that you cannot foresee that will try to assault your marriage. yeah yesterday, I had the honor of of uh, officiating a, a, a beautiful, beautiful wedding and, and uh, as I held in my hands the emblems of their marriage covenant, I was, pastor I was looking at these rings, and they were shiny, they were on scratch. they were they were Uh, perfect. But I come to realize as I encourage them that these rings will become scratched, they will become dented, they will become affected by the journey of life in marriage. And that the success of these vows are going to be kept as they stay focused on Christ. They stay founded on Christ. And they know victory through Jesus Christ. I remember as a young, uh, a young uh, youngster at Ferndale Assembly of God, uh, a young couple in the church uh, who had just gotten married. Uh, and uh, shortly after they had said, I do, the young man was smitten with MS. Took him right off of his feet. After about six months... This wife abandoned her covenant, abandoned her husband, and she 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 said to her feet, "Feet, do your duty," and she she left the marriage. What a tragedy! That spoke to my heart of a of a of a wife whose foundation was not built upon bedrock, Jesus Christ, Amen. Through the years here at Lakeside, we've seen so many situations of marriages that have been confronted with unforeseeable storms, and those husbands and wives have stayed the course. I said they have stayed the course to the glory of God. And I tell you, these these are testimonies of what true love is and what God's favor is within the confines of holy matrimony. My, my hat is off to these who stay the course through the tests of life. You see, there's going to be unforeseeable storms. And they may come as a result of financial crisis, physical challenges, things that blindside you that you had no way of foreseeing. And even untimely deaths of a child, they are storms That will come and they will go. But I've learned this truth. Storms are temporary. But God's love is everlasting. Can you say amen? Amen. And if your house is built upon the rock of ages. As the storms of life come and the storms of life go. Your home remains the same because of its foundation. Number two, the framework of marriage. The frame of any structure must be the truth of Scripture. I shared with Jesse and Austin yesterday that most troubled marriages are in trouble because they are not students of the Word. Make sure that God's Word is a critical part of your daily habits. Because God's Word inspires your faith God's Word brings you instruction into your partnership and into your spiritual relationship. And God's Word also motivates you by love because God is love. And to know Him is to love Him because He is love. And to know Him is to understand that He's called us to love one another. Can you say amen? Amen. The love of the Lord the love of one another, an undisguised devotion to one another that demonstrates the love of Christ. I believe that every marriage should have connection points. Connection points. One of these great connection points is prayer. I learned a long time ago that couples that pray together stay together. I said, couples that pray together, stay together. It's so important to have spiritual wiring connection points where you are connecting spiritually in the things of the Spirit. Talk about the things of God. Share with each other the things of God. Speak to one another that which God is revealing to your heart, in your dreams and in your wishes and your ambitions another connection point is your spiritual stewardship in your spiritual stewardship be wise managers of those resources that God has entrusted you with in life and in your connection points serve one another in the things of God on the way here this morning we came up Clinton River Road and as we stopped at the light at Shainer there was a couple with helmets on, sitting there, waiting to cross Shainer, because the light was red for them, on bicycles. And I, I said to Linda, I said, look, I said, isn't it nice to see couples riding bikes together? But then I thought to myself, isn't it nicer when you see couples worshiping together? Amen? And I thought to myself, so sad that people will have recreation together, but where's their passion for the presence of God and their journey to God's house in order to worship the Lord together? So, so very, very important. To worship not independently, but as a husband and a wife, to worship God. Point C, write down spiritual plumb lines. Line upon line, precept upon precept, biblical principles that must be embraced by faith. As you study God's Word and you walk and and talk and and, and journey this, this, this Word of God, you understand as a husband and a wife what your roles and your responsibilities are in the Lord. And ultimately you understand that someday you'll have... accountability of deeds done in the body whether they be good or bad. These spiritual plumb lines, these truths of Scripture will help counsel you in the things of God as a man, as a woman, as mothers, as fathers, as husband and wife. They will help you to walk in balance of truth, in love, in affection and in worship unto the Lord. The building blocks of marriage, first and foremost, is a commitment to Christ. I'll never forget a word that Pastor's father said one day, and I wrote it down in my Bible. He said this, we spoke vows those simple words, we spoke vows before a holy God, before a witness of congregation, and before one another. This commitment to Christ and this commitment to one another were vows that were spoken at a holy altar. We maintain the honor of these vows. And we walk the walk We don't just talk the talk. You see, friends, there is a commitment to one another. That commitment, speaking that there are no other lovers, that there are no idols, that there is no nonsense, and that our love is never disguised. We have never contemplated an escape clause. We made a determination years ago at a holy altar because we spoke vows. For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, until death doth separate us. One of the important components here is a commitment to the church. The wisest decision that Linda and I ever made 42 years ago was this. To be committed to the church. There's never been any part-time foolishness in our marriage. There's never been any part-time attendance in our our journey. We made a decision to be full-time worshipers and partners in this faith with the local church. I've discovered that many of the troubled marriages that I deal with is found in the problem of being part-time. Churches, what I call part-time churches. Many of them, their attendance and their worship is sporadic at best. Can I give you a secret to God's favor? Be faithful to God's house. Be faithful to his presence. Be faithful to worship. Be faithful in service. You see, we are fully engaged and committed to the church. We always have. I think it's been one of the secrets of our success, our fulfillment, and our happiness. We have been committed and engaged in service unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to the church. A word of counsel to you young couples that are here today. Stay true to your church. Be found faithful. Be engaged. Be active. And you too will know God's favor factors in your marriage. We enjoy God's favor factors in our love, in our home, and also you see it now in our successors, our children and our grandchildren. And in our ministries, you see the blessing of God, which humbles our hearts, that our lives have been graced by. The cement that bonds marriage, it's very, very critical. Like the mortar that holds the blocks of this building together, this cement is critical. Write down, number one, love. Three times Paul told husbands in Ephesians chapter 5, starting with 25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. This table represents the love of God, the love of Christ. And this love, husbands, as you love, as you ought, is reciprocated by itself. It is love that is never hidden. It is love that is never questioned. It is love that never leaves suspicion. It is love that is true. And husbands, if you love as Christ loved, note that's the critical word, as Christ loved, You will never live with regret. It is a love that is on full display. And it is love that reciprocates. Point B is submission. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I believe under this word of submission, it it speaks to me, I know it does for Linda and I, of, of accountability. We are accountable to one another in the knowledge of Christ. And that accountability is a good word. I never have to worry about what's in her emails or what's in her cell phone. I can go to her cell phone and look anytime I want or into her emails because there's total trust, there's total confidence. She can go into my phone and and look at my records or or, or look at my Facebook or or, or look at anything that is mine and and, and there's there's total trust there because there's total confidence. There's no fear factors. That's the way it's, it's supposed to be because you're mutually submitted one to another. You have mutual freedom and confidence to walk in that sacred trust. And that next word is trust. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. As I've thought often upon this verse, I think that in the Bible, nowhere does it tell you to trust men, does it? Nowhere in there does it tell you to trust women, but it says to trust men the Lord but I've learned this secret find out how much of Jesus is in that individual and Rod if that's your wife that's how much trust or if that's in your husband that's how much trust lots of Jesus lots of trust amen can I say this In Linda, there's lots of Jesus. There's lots of trust. Amen? Amen. Trust. Trust is critical in your relationship. And that trust flows out of your Christ-likeness one to another. Invoke and inspire that Christ-likeness in one another. And you'll be rich beyond words. Truth. Psalms 119.105 declares, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my pathway. I love Psalms 119 because it is a word chapter. Live God's word. Meditate upon God's word. Walk God's word. Mimic God's word. As a husband, as a wife, as a man, as a woman. Because it's the truth of God's word that sets you free. Can you say amen? Amen. Truth never needs to be disguised. And as you as an individual walk in God's truth, you never have to hide anything. Point E here, write down integrity. You see, your character reflects your essence. And what you are speaks louder than what you say. I think the best description in scripture about what our character ought to be is found in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 22. And the ripening process of your marital fruit is an ongoing process as you journey together. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering... Gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith. I like this one, self-control. Amen? These These are critical elements that grow and blossom and mature in your life journey together. And I believe that your fruit is the legacy that you pass down to your successors. And your successors are those that are born out of the fruit of the love of your lives. And your successors are also those who are within the sphere of your ministry influence. They are the legacy that receives as you have received from the Lord. Point F here is unity. The Lord said this. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and they will become one flesh. One flesh. There's something very mysterious, something that is very spiritual about the act of marriage that. Comes together when a husband and wife speak vows and come together. There is a union there, a oneness that takes place that mirrors that which is found in Christ. I believe that this is where the anointing flows. How precious it is for the brethren to dwell in unity. See, this is where the, the anointing flows. And if you want the anointing of God to flow through your marriage, be found to be one in Christ. One in devotion, one in worship, one in practice. This journey of faith is where God's favorite factors are realized and released through our marriages and as we grow in the Lord. So today I want to give you some tips for godly favor living. Tips for godly favor living. Point A here. I'm waiting for tips here, Kara. (laughs) A, Ephesians 5.1. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Paul said, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and live to love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The Lord is love personified. Walk as he walked. Love as he loved. Serve as he served and you will never know disappointment. Ephesians 5.15 says be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. I see far too many people that are living carelessly. If we will follow the counsel of God's Word we'll learn to be careful how we live. Not as unwise but as the wise. Follow the counsel of God's Word. Live by faith upon the truth that is revealed through the scriptures. Be found faithful and be motivated, my friends, by love. Does your home give evidence of faithfulness? Does your home give evidence of carelessness or neglect? Point C here, Ephesians 5, 18. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but we need homes that are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? We need the power of God in these last days if we're going to live overcoming lives. You need to be a partnership that knows what it is to be filled with praise and filled, filled with power and filled with the precious Holy Spirit. You see, the... You need to maintain the Spirit's flow in your prayer life. You need to maintain the Spirit's flow in your praise exercises. And you need to do that in the partnership of love as a husband and as a wife. D. Ephesians 5.19 says, Speak to one another. Stop there for a second. Do you ever hear yourself the way you speak? To others? Is there sweetness in your conversation? Or is there abrasiveness in your conversation? Is your conversation as nectar that is pleasing to the ear? Or is your conversation toxic that brings injury and a lack of care? Paul says, speak to each other in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make melody in your heart unto the Lord. You see, I learned in many, many marriage conflicts that one of the greatest areas of conflict is communication at breakdown. The way that you communicate with one another is critical, critical. Listen to the way you speak and follow the counsel of God's word and speak sweetness by faith because you're motivated by love. And finally, Paul says in Ephesians 5.20, always give thanks. Can you say amen? Amen. To God, first of all, And also, give thanks to that one that is nearest and dearest to your heart. Because the attitude of gratitude will take you a long, long way. Today, if you will follow these simple principles by faith, I know that you will enjoy God's favor factors. Activate your faith. Walk in the precepts of God's word, and you will, your life will mirror both success and significance. This table represents God's favor. And as Pastor comes, I pray that you too will better cherish what this table represents. Pastor. So, Lord.